Whoa. Uh, had you actually read the email, you would know that the podcast you're about to listen to could contain explicit content and offensive language. No, wait, that's explicit language and offensive content. <laughs> content. These HR experts' views are not representative of their past, present, or future employers. So, like, what's up, future boss? If you've ever heard, my manager is, like, so unfair to me, I need you to reset my HR portal password. That'd be great. Okay? Or, uh, can I write up my employee for crying too much? Welcome to our little safe zone, friend. Welcome. <laughs> To Jaded HR. <laughs> Whoa. Welcome to Jaded HR, the podcast by three HR professionals who want to help you get through the workday by saying all the things you're thinking, but say them out <laughs> loud. I'm Warren. I'm Christina. I'm Kate. So we have two <laughs> guests today. And from our pre-recording conversation, we're going to have a hell of a lot of fun today. I can, I can tell you that. So we have Christina from Baked HR with us today. And, oh, if you didn't notice our intro, Andrew Culpa did a fabulous new intro just for this specific episode, because this is our season four, episode 20 episode, 420. our 420 episode. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So our topic today is marijuana in the workplace and uh, what it means for everybody. And we're, we're just already having a lot of fun, but we've had Christina on quite a few times was part of our baked HR team who visits us regularly. And then for a first time visitor, we have Kate Bischoff. Kate is a co-host of the Hostile Work Environment podcast. And I will say has the cutest, best laugh in all of podcasting <laughs> when she is laughing on her podcast. I can't help but smile. It's it's great. And besides all that, she she's an attorney and a legal consultant for in her own firm. So I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit more, Kate, before we dive deeper. Hi, my name is Kate. I suffer from law degree. I seek atonement <laughs> in all ways. I I feel like this is AA or Al Honor. Oh. But I am a happy HR consultant. Oh. Thank you. So if you haven't already listened to the Hostile Work Environment podcast, you have to put it on your download list. We were just talking off air. It's been a little while since the latest episode, but they we're hoping that there'll be a new one coming out soon. So download it, listen to all the episodes. You will definitely, A, get a kick out of it, but B, you will learn something from it. So it's it's a lot of fun. I just, I just, it's one of my favorites out there altogether. Kate, as I've seen multiple webinars with you hosting on the topic. I knew you're very passionate about the the subject of marijuana in the workplace. And when I thought, hey, our, our season four, episode 20 is coming up, let's do this. And like I said, Feathers wasn't able to join us, but we we're like, yeah, definitely we'll do this. But I, I was telling Christina <laughs> offline when I'm on LinkedIn or somewhere and say you're doing a four credits or recertification class, regardless of the topic and regardless of no offense, whatever solicitor is going to call me now for registering for because they're sponsoring it. I will do the the webinar just to to, to hear the topic because I do enjoy it. It's, I I despise most key, keynote speakers and professional speakers on the series who who are lame and boring and self promoting, and you are the opposite on all of those. Accounts. Oh, <laughs> but anyways, thank yeah. you. Yeah, but. 
But let's not overlook the fact that he said he needs his oh, recertification I, credits. Uh, wah, wah, yes, wah. I need my. That is a requirement of my job. I must have my certification. Well, th- didn't you? Aren't y'all getting spammed with emails yet? That there are elections coming up. Why don't y'all run? Both of y'all, either of y'all, run for their board, the Sherm board. Have some fun with JCT. Yeah. I don't get those um, emails, man. I've completely yeah. cut. And Kate's blocked. Oh. So. <laughs> no, they still send they still send stuff to me all the time. They want to beat me to be a member really bad. And I'm like, nobody polices this list. Like no one checks it to see. Like obviously. And sometimes, right. Like the there's recently one. I'm so sorry. Well, no problem. Yeah, I'm topic wrong, but there was recently one where JCTJ Sherm SCP, <laughs> you know, JD was sitting there in the dark with like a green library light. It's like, what keeps HR up at night or what keeps business up at night? And I'm like, well, this image does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jasmine did that to me. Jasmine got that. And she sent it to me. It was awful. Who did that? Who said this is okay? Right. In, That's so in, bad. It felt like a political ad. Like, I think LBJ has a famous one of who's going to answer the phone at 3 a.m. It's like, but this is a nuclear war. Like, who stays up for an HR shoot at 3 a.m. besides someone who is in HR or their employment attorney? I don't think, I think everybody else is sleeping pretty good. Oh, well, <laughs> that is so. my my biggest problem with Sherm is they've become more of a political entity than anything else. And I, I, I don't care one way or the other. If they want to lean left or lean right, I don't care. But I don't think politics should really enter and then be a lobbying effort for anything with our due money, the dues money we send and all that. I think there's, it's just, they want to be a political institute. Stop giving them money. <laughs> Stop it. My employer also pays That's for that. That's the answer, Warren. <laughs> also, I, like, on a, as a side note, and this does not have to make it into the podcast whatsoever, but I don't find that they have good resources for, like, DOD contractors or federal. No. So, like, why would that be? The resources are. I mean, just some. The, the resources are are not what they used to be, and like I said, my my boss wants it, so I will I will go ahead and do that happily. If that's all she wants from me, I <laughs> she doesn't ask much of me. <laughs> then you can then you can I suffer can, through I can that. Get Three thousand okay. emails a day, even though I've unsubscribed umpteen times from them. <laughs> oh my god! Tell me about it. So. Anyways, so let's let's get this thing started. So I tried everywhere I could think of to do some research. I wanted to find some awesome, salacious stories about people using marijuana in the workplace, and I couldn't find anything more than people. I got fired as my boss said I smelled like pot, or you know, I, Reddit disappointed me. I couldn't find what I was looking for on uh, Reddit, or <laughs> it's uh, you know, redheaded stepchild Cora, or. Any of the other feed, even BuzzFeed disappointed me. I thought I'd get something out of BuzzFeed, but I just was striking out left, right, up and down. So do do either of y'all have any funny, salacious marijuana in the workplace stories that you you are able to tell? (laughs) Ms. Miniard? Okay, so I... I mean, I don't know if this counts. I'm going to tell you this story and you guys do whatever you want with it. But it was a few years ago. I want to say, what is it? Oh, my God. It was like 10 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like 10 years ago. Um, so mm. 
there was this time in Decatur, Alabama, Decatur where it's greater, where a lot of employees got sent home if they worked like on Highway 20 because there was a suspicious thing taped to a train. They thought it was a bomb, like cleared out all the plants that were near the railroad tracks. Everyone got sent home and the police got called in and it turned out to be like just a big package of marijuana that was taped <laughs> to the train. I guess they were trying to like, you know, deliver it. <laughs> somebody was probably supposed to, you know, get it and somebody saw it and called GSA's like 911 and I mean, just mass chaos for the rest of the day. Wow. Oh my God! It's the devil's lettuce. It might explode. Oh, <laughs> uh, how, how about you, Kate? Anything fun? I don't have. I don't have anything fun. I recently. So, if you're not in Minnesota, you might not know this. We recently legalized recreational weed. However, we don't have the infrastructure in place yet to have licensed retailers for weed-based or marijuana-based THC. So, there's only two places you can currently purchase it. And one is on the Red Lake Reservation and one is on the White Earth Reservation for both tribes have the ability to grow and regulate all their own because it's a sovereign nation, right? So you either go to Red Lake or you go to White Earth. And I was up visiting Red Lake before the they announced they were going to have a retail store. And I was there talking about weed in the workplace and how Minnesota employers are going to generally approach it, how they can monitor it if they want to at all, which is generally not my recommendation anyway. But it was really fascinating because they had brought in one of the managers for the grow house on White Earth. And the grow house there exists for medicinal marijuana. They have one of the largest medicinal marijuana farms, for lack of a better term. And he said that some of his employees will go out on break, give a couple tokes, come back and be more productive post, you know, smoking some weed than they were in the morning. So I found that fascinating. Well, one of the Reddit stories I did find was a, a, a farmhand. He said, you know, he smokes all day long. He says, it's amazing how therapeutic manual labor work can be. When you're you're stoned is one of the things I found on on Reddit. I didn't. I just remember seeing that. So that was that was just really cool and, and interesting. I I just think it's the world has changed, and, and this has been a pretty rapid change. And what, before we get too far, we were talking off air in your state of Minnesota. It was whoops, we accidentally approved recreational <laughs> marijuana, and I just <laughs> oh, recre recreational THC. It has to be hemp derived. So it can't be marijuana-based, but we've had, for the past year, we've had hemp-derived THC in various forms, including in seltzers. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I live in North Carolina oh. where we still, it's not even, I don't even believe it. it's been decriminalized, but it's not, you know, there, there are pot shops everywhere, but it, it's still illegal. I don't think they even recognize medical mm. use here in North Carolina yet, but we'll, we'll see where that goes. I we're I don't know what we're doing in Alabama either. I you know I told you I, I moved my kid off to college last week, and there's one coffee shop in the town that we moved her to, and it's also a cannabis <laughs> shop. So, <laughs> so every, it's fine. Everything's fine. I I don't know. <laughs> it's coffee and it, cannabis. What, it can know. wake you up. It can mellow you out. It's all the same. Thing. 
you know, you need both sometimes. <laughs> so she doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> uh, In case you're listening. <laughs> uh, oh boy. So it's really weird. It's everything's been evolving so rapidly. First, the medical licenses and then the medical licenses that everybody else would get. And then it, recreational use and, and things like that. And it's it's really, you know, it, it's just evolved so amazingly quickly. And now we're on the threshold of it being, you know, potentially federally legal, which would open the doors for everything. We were talking to, they, you know, since we booked this store, y'all as guests, they put out the CURE Act, the Cannabis User Restoration Eligibility, which I've been following as a, a federal contractor and dealing with people with clearances because it doesn't necessarily prevent you from getting a clearance. It just makes it a longer, more arduous process. And people who have to wait that long generally don't want to wait that long. You know, it's going to take six, eight months for me to get clearance just because I fessed up to smoking marijuana or something like that. And I, I just, okay. it'll, it'll be interesting. I, I really, I, I personally would like to see this pass. I'd like to see it pass quickly because I, of all the things out there, I don't think marijuana is, it, it may even be less dangerous than alcohol in many, many regards. I don't see, Stoners don't get in fights. When's the last time you saw two stoners beating the hell out of each other versus <laughs> two two alcoholics, you know, going to town well, on each other? Well, Warren, I'll Everyone give, I'll get give along. you some at work. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you some, like, fascinating statistics for me. When there was recreational marijuana, there there's one study out there that shows that workplace fatalities between the ages of 19 and 35 decreased by 19.5%. Because And they attributed some of that to those folks weren't on opioids. They were just getting high. And so when they're high, they're, they're maybe a, just a little bit more safe than being, you know, high on opioids. So that's one fun statistic. And then ADP did another really fun study when Canada went recreational. And they found that 73% of employers didn't find increase in absenteeism. 78 didn't find any changes in productivity. You know, still in the 70s, no one saw any change in safety issues or anything like that. So all fun. So to what Kate was saying earlier about her statistics, I read, and I have no idea why I read this, but like a story about this guy in Ohio who like he had some kind of like a medical incident happened or something and it caused him to get a prescription for marijuana. And then he tried to get a job and was like, I have this prescription for marijuana. And they were like, no, it doesn't matter if you fail this drug test, you can't like, we can't offer you the position. But then that same employer was like, it's kind of crazy because we have people working for us who are on far more dangerous drugs as long as they have a prescription for it, like opioids, like you were saying. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so it's just like, also, has the laws changed? Like, are you looking at your handbook and your practices to be like, oh, we probably need to make some changes too? Yeah. Well, so because it's no surprise, you know, recreational marijuana, now legal in Minnesota, August 1, I've been looking at drug policies all month. You know, on either side of that date and still looking at them, frankly, because we can't test pre-employment anymore at all. Unlike there's two other jurisdictions, Nevada and New York City, where you can't use the test or one of them says you can't test at all. But it, they can in one of those places, you can't use the results of the test 
to withdraw a conditional offer, but you can still test. Here in Minnesota, you can't test for THC pre-employment unless they're in a safety-sensitive firefighter or vulnerable adult kid kind of situation. There's limited exceptions, but it's you can't test anymore. Kind of Why thing. would you test in New York if you couldn't use the results to withdraw the offer? Why do you care? Um, the bottom 10% of law school's students go to write the laws, so the rest of the 90 of us can pay our mortgage. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you're getting a letter in the mail for that one from somebody uh, (laughs) i'm sure of it i'm positive um no i'm i'm joking but seriously sometimes the laws don't get written right so i mean i should say the laws are not written well it's if i can be you know ironic here but they miss things and the Quite frankly, for a lot of people who do drug testing, they do drug testing to test and they don't care about the results. They think the fear of the test is going to be sufficient to keep their employees in line. No. So, but (laughs) there's others. Every person I know who smokes weed, like thinking all the way back to like 14-year-old Christina, (laughs) knows how to pass a drug test too. You know what I mean? Like. They have an idea of how to get around your drug test in some form or fashion. If they really, if they really want the gig, absolutely. Right. Right. No, what one of the things that's happening is I'm dealing with a lot of clients, and I'm like, "When is the last time you ever have had a positive drug test?" And they're like, "Oh, once about five years ago." I'm like, okay, so we can maybe Seems dial like down the money into a <laughs> right, right. I, you know, oh. that's. Maybe we, you know, calm down a little bit. Well, here, here's a question, though. You need to calm down. Do, I don't know if either of y'all know the answer to this, but it used to be that you cannot, a drug test just says it's in your system. They, I don't even know if they still can determine if you're actually intoxicated at that point. Now, I did get an email that says they cannot. some other company says they can determine whether someone's intoxicated or not. But I'm like, you're the only one who can. I think this would be news all over the place with that Warren I'm going to show you what they're doing I realize that this is a podcast <laughs> not a visual medium but they're blowing hot air up your ass oh, I, if they say they can <laughs> tell you whether someone's intoxicated right now I thought it was a, a, lunch, a bunch of crap and I'm like yeah you're the only one I think I'd be getting a thousand of these if, if it was a it was a real thing but so that's another thing if you do even if you have an accident at work you know, you know, little Johnny test positive. Oh yeah, I was at a party last night. Oh yeah, I was blazing up. I had a great old time. Yeah, and right, you don't have any basis on your accident. When really, right. when I worked well, in a restaurant, you know, like before I had my first big girl job, and all I did was work in restaurants. I it was always a running joke. Like if you got hurt at work, you would deny workers' comp because you didn't want to take. A drug test. test? Everyone in the kitchen, every single person in the kitchen, and most of the wait staff is smoking pot so that they can put up with the customers. (laughs) (laughs) And so they so they are declining work comp because they know that comes with a drug test. Well, and I will say, even the safety sensitive, even the post accident, you just have to say I did it last night because that's when I lawfully did it. And here in Minnesota, we've got a lawful consumable statute. But it's also fair. Like, if I can lawfully do it, 
why would you punish me for it? It's it's just an undergirding of this fairness part. But there are attitudes that need to change around marijuana is a drug and the you know it's illicit, it is awful, it is bad. And as people get used to legalization, I think it becomes a much smaller deal than what it's made up. And, and these people have these problems with marijuana can redirect their energy to real problems like opioids, like, you know, methamphetamines yes. and everything else like that. That's really dangerous. I mean, those opioids, right. I think, are probably the most dangerous things out there that are widely available in the in the drug community, at least. I mean, they've ruined people's lives from right. employment, marriages, convictions, everything along those lines. They Marijuana doesn't really do that to the same extent. I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen it. I haven't done a ton of research, but just empirically speaking, I, I don't see the the correlation. You can help these people with their opioid issues with all the money you're saving, not chasing little Johnny and his little baggie. Of, little yeah. baggie. <laughs> Dying bag over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Warren, you mentioned that, you know, it's going to be legalized federally. I think we're at least five years away from that happening federally. President Biden's already taken some steps to see if marijuana should still be a Schedule 1 or Schedule 2 narcotic. So that will change, hopefully, knock on wood. But, you know, even though Chuck Schumer, one of the super old <laughs> guys, is what who, who introduced legalized marijuana in the Senate, I don't see these senators being or putting this high on their priority list anytime soon. So, but we'll see. I, I hope it does because it would even make things easier for employers to understand and not have to deal with conflicting laws or what it feels like to have conflicting laws. The conflicting laws and and you you hit on, you know, not getting to R and D and all this other stuff, but all these freaking old bastards in in congress and the senate they, they have no clue they have no clue about the 21st century at all period in the story and they're they're holding the world back from progress i don't like i said don't care what letters behind their name i don't want to get into that but you're, you're too old if you're wearing depends you are not eligible for a political office so anyways i that's my Warren, I'm not going to make any warnings about per se liability under the ADA or the <laughs> Age Discrimination Employment Act for what you just said. But Young okay. people could wear depends. Astronauts wear depends. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, we, yeah, that that's our problem. And that's one of the big problems, regardless of, like I said, letters behind people's names. It's just not in touch with the 21st century. Some of them are still stuck in the 18th and 19th century, but we'll figure the rest out. So, so where where is where is where is this heading in the future? We there's still a, a few states that are holding out, and there's legislation every year here in North Carolina. That it's go, go take it from decriminalization to legal, but I think we're one of five or six states that it's just verboten across the board. And you're seeing states that really surprised me in terms of allowing it. Virginia, some, some of the other Southern states, I was really surprised to see them come around more quickly than, than other states. It's just our, you know, and I think as do with their legislators are 
more in touch with the 21st century than than ours <laughs> are. So, anyways, do, do you think, and if, you know, federal would if eliminate the problem that I have on the federal contractor side, but still, North Carolina could just say we're never going to accept marijuana, and that's fine by them, even if it's legal nationwide. So, it's, it's do we see a day where it's just going to be across the board like alcohol is? I think it is going to be legal in such a way that we treat it like alcohol. Maybe it doesn't get sold in stores in North Carolina. Maybe it doesn't get it. Maybe it's like fireworks where in some states fireworks are unlawful in other states. They're lawful. You just go to their, you know, go to whatever state you want to buy what you want. I'm really looking forward to that here in Minnesota because we have no contiguous state neighbors to us that have legalized weed. And so I'm like, give me that shmoney, honey. I want it. I want it all for my Our tax dollars. So, you know, if you're from those, like, yep, come on over. You got to make up for, you got to make up for all those tax dollars you're sending down here to us. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yes, exactly. But, you know, we'll, we'll take all that money. I'm happy with it. But I think maybe it does become a very state specific issue and that the federal government becomes silent on it. But, in the meantime, we know from history that as soon as 15 states pass something, the likelihood it becomes federal is about like between 70 and 80 percent chance it's going to become legal federally. We're past oh, that. Yeah. Minnesota's the 23rd state to legalize recreational weed. So I, you're right. I think it's coming. I think it's five years away, but it's, it's going to take a bit. It, so. It is, yeah. So as, as we start wrapping things down a little bit, what is what should employers be thinking about as they're they're thinking about their current drug policies, drugs that work? And I know it, it will vary. If you're a freight carrier, yeah, you've got to have some pretty strict and tight deadlines. But if you're you're just a general office setting, or you know, not dealing with anything more dangerous than a, a keyboard, then that that's a whole different story. But what 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 should employers be thinking about? Well, if you just had keyboards as potential weapons in your office, then don't test for drugs, period. <laughs> I just don't think that makes a lot of sense for you to be spending your money that way. There are other ways to spend your money. What I've been talking to most of my clients about is to recategorize what is ready to work. Like, what does it mean to have someone come to work and be ready to perform the functions of that day? Is it that they need to have steel toe boots on? Is it mean that they have to, you know, come clean and alert and dressed modestly or however you want to characterize it? If that's what, (laughs) if that's what it means to be ready to work, then use that as your litmus test. When someone comes in slurring their words, bloodshot eyes, lack of coordination, you know, paranoia, whatever, they're not ready to work. So how do we take care of them to get ready to work? Do we send them home and discipline them or do we make this really tough decision? We should go spend between 35 and 50 bucks to get them drug tested so that maybe we have to offer them rehab or maybe we have to let them go just because we feel the need to spend the money. And that. There's different ways we can handle it. And sending this. someone home, I've, heard, I've seen some horror stories uh, about employer. Hey, you're drunk. We're sending you home. I, you know, you're you're putting yourself in harm's way. Sending them home 
call them an Uber people to, you know, it seemed like a holiday party. If you, if you're yes. accusing them, even if they're not drunk or intoxicated in any way, you're accusing them, get them in a, get them in an Uber, get them in a taxi, do something that don't put them behind the wheels. Now, you know, they're, they're your problem. <laughs> if you, once you do that. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that's. Well, but I, they just can't drive themselves home. I don't yeah, care. Get them home. home <laughs> other than they can't drive themselves. Yeah. So. Get them home. Get them home. So no, this this has been a, a tremendous amount of fun. I've been looking forward to this episode for you know we planned it out about a month ago. It's been I wish wish feathers could be here as I know he was looking forward to this episode as well. Uh, he he had some interesting takes because he's worked in different industries than I have on on this. Is I I really haven't worked in the industries where it's been. You know, since, like Christina said, in high school and college, I worked in restaurants. And my goodness, the, the stuff that went, goes on. Restaurants are like the breeding ground for every employment attorney's dream, if you're a plaintiff's bar attorney, about what <laughs> what happens. And restaurants are that. It, it goes to serve it. They're going to be uh, a, a, a nice starting ground for uh, the, the marijuana and drug testing and everything else as they uh <laughs> They, I, I, I bet. Well, I, I'd, I'd say Warren that pharmaceutical sales really, you know, put most employment attorney, you know, salaries over the edge. Pretty people, pills, and parties, like it's all great. That will definitely get some action for an employment attorney. But then you've got restaurants that do the very similar things a lot of the time. So you're right. That's another feeder. <laughs> did you did you say pretty people, pills, and parties? Is that what I yes. heard? Pretty. Pretty people, pills and pharmaceutical parties. sales. I have some. Mm-hmm. I have some follow up questions later. No, no, no. Oh, that sounded way worse. That is not what I wanted it to sound like. I. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> I genuinely, I, I genuinely. Never mind. Drop it. Forget it. What I was gonna say, is, you know, I have some manufacturing clients and and know of some manufacturing places that even if it was temporary, like pulled back. Okay, we're not gonna test for weed anymore because we like need Employees. people to show yes. up to work. Yeah. So yeah. some of that, I mean. Even in an area like ours where it's not that, you know, marijuana is legal, but like we can't afford to limit the labor pool over pot anymore. Well, well, I've told you this story, right? Like, so Warren, if you ever have to drive between Fargo, North Dakota and Bismarck, North Dakota, I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) This is like, it's the worst. Like you want to poke your eye out. There's nothing to see. I think North Dakota is like one of the few states I've never been to. Oh, this far western part is absolutely gorgeous. You get Teddy Roosevelt National Park to awesome, but that whoop, that eastern half is rough, okay? But there was a sign that said, we don't test for weed, apply here. And I called the number because, you know, again, there's nothing else to do. I can't see anything <laughs> else. So I called the number and the woman was like, I said, hey, you know, I see this p- billboard. I'm really interested. This is not a recreational state might never be one, but it's not a recreational state. So why do you use this? And you're like, you know, we thought it's possible that we see an increase in applications and they saw a 20% increase in applications. See, this is what I'm talking about. 
<laughs> Stop arbitrarily limiting your labor pool. <laughs> no reason, no reason for it any longer. Like I said, there's yeah, there's exceptions to every rule, but no reason overall for most people. Huh? Snoop Dogg was in Huntsville. Big Snoop Dogg fan. You guys should be too. I hope you are. Okay. <laughs> yes. And I linked up with a bunch of my like favorite former coworkers to go to this. So people that I've worked in very professional environments with and like wasn't really sure how they were going to react. And then like next thing you know, like every performer was throwing rolled blunts from the stage to everyone in the floor section. One of my former bosses was down (laughs) there. A lot of these people that I went through leadership with were down there. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, who's taking it and smoking it down? I didn't have a floor seat. I'm too broke for that. But I mean, like from a work perspective, it's just like, "Mm -hmm. who's going to be a little toasted tomorrow because they stayed up too late, you know? smoking weed all of your professional friends at a snoop dog concert yet we are like oh we're gonna drink kids from marijuana hmm. no well that actually makes me think of something too many you know old fogies or whatever want to put i don't want to go this direction but i am but a, a racial stereotype on on drug users especially marijuana and you know you don't realize people don't realize it's your even white middle-income people, oh my God, that are they're enjoying their their herbations and other things just as much, if not even more, than than you know your stereotypical, you know mm-hmm. whatever you want to, you know backwards thinking stereotype things you right. want to think about marijuana and oh, other yeah. things. Oh yeah, yeah. Even your put, execs. Yeah. If I was to put a retail location in the Twin Cities area, I'd put it in a suburb that is called Edina which stands for every day I need attention. And so that's where I would put the retail store. I think I could sell with a, some pretty good graphic design. I'd be golden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you could see pictures from Huntsville Snoop Dogg <laughs> concert, I mean, that's all the proof that you really need in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then everybody went back to their mm-hmm. you know job the next day, building rockets oh. and stuff. Cause <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other, getting high. <laughs> so, good job, Mark. Uh, I'm good at dad Kate jokes, y'all. Kate is too. Well, I want to yeah. start winding this down. So, we'll start with you, Christine. Where can everybody find you online? And I think this is your fourth or fifth time on Jaded HR. So, where can we find you at online? <laughs> You can find me at HRecruit on Instagram and Twitter or just Baked HR on Instagram and TikTok for, you know, mine and Jasmine's take on all this Alrighty. stuff. <laughs> and Kate, how about you? Where we, can we find you? You can find me at K, the number eight, B-I-S-C-H. That's where all, that's all my handles. You can find me everywhere on that one. So, yeah. All right. And once again, be sure to listen to the Hostile Work Environment podcast. When they return very shortly, top-notch five stars, give them a great review, just like you're going to give us a great review. We just got a new review in. <laughs> I will cover on our next podcast. So we got another five-star review. So woohoo, love that stuff. And our best practice for today, just, just toke it up, people. That's all. So... <laughs>
<laughs> That's your best practice for today. Enjoy, Enjoy yourself. Have fun. Life's too short. The intro was a special intro done for us by our voice artist, Andrew Culpa, who knocked it out of the park this time. And I don't know what intro and outro music. I might change that up. But our normal is underscore orchestra double the devil. As always, I'm Warren. I'm Christina. I'm Kate. And we're here helping you survive HR one what the fuck moment at a time. Uh, 